Welcome to my podcast, How to Parent Peacefully. Join me, Pamela Query, Certified Hand-in-Hand Parenting Instructor, as I share with you the secrets to parenting with connection, not control. If you're ready to enjoy raising your children by creating a peaceful home where kids want to cooperate and you keep your cool, you're in the right place. You'll be inspired to create a peaceful and playful home without resorting to threats or bribes so that you can create lifelong connected relationships with your kids and support them to be happy, confident and peaceful. Good morning, dear parents. Welcome to episode 58 of How to Parent Peacefully. Uh, And this one is about getting children dressed without all the stress. And this is I would say the number one problem I hear from so many parents getting their kids dressed in the morning without cajoling them without the arguing explaining asking time and time again and then finally just getting to the end of your heather and losing your patience with your child and then parenting them in ways that you would prefer not to with threats and with punishments and with shouting and with forcing and and you know all those all those ways that leave you feeling stressed and exhausted and disappointed and guilty and all those horrible things. So I'm here to say if you struggle to get your child up and dressed in the morning, uh, you certainly aren't alone with that. Many, many parents struggle with this exact thing. And that's what I'm going to talk to you about today. So yeah, first off, you definitely aren't alone. Often, whenever we're there in the heat of the moment, we can feel like we're the only parent who's ever struggled with this. Everybody else has it sorted. Everybody else has got it figured out. Um, And that that I am the only one who's here struggling with my child. And that somehow that makes me a failure um, because um, my child doesn't obey me and get dressed when they ask them to. Um, But many parents struggle with this you certainly aren't alone even though in the moment you can feel so isolated with it there's parents all over the country all over the world struggling with exactly the same thing um and remember that the aim is like we don't actually want to raise obedient children that that isn't what we're going for if you're here listening to this podcast if you're trying to parent peacefully and respectfully we're not aiming for obedient children um and of course in the moment that's what we want And we are just, we would do anything just to make our child obey us and do what we ask and just make our day go more smoothly. Um, You know, we just want more ease in that moment. Uh, And it's easier to lose sight of the bigger, of the bigger picture. And that's often when we can start really trying to use our power over our children and to try and control our children. And the thing is, if your child is obedient, um, now, some children are more flexible, are happy to get dressed in the morning, and uh, but this is our strong-willed children. Um, you know, if your child is obedient, then perhaps they are afraid of the consequences. Perhaps you've used your power over them, um, and they're they're afraid of that. They're afraid of that power you hold over them. So, um, they have submitted to your power. Um, and, and I, I'm saying you, but maybe it's possible you probably aren't parenting in that way and that you haven't been willing to overpower your children. So then they don't do what you want them to do. So we're going to talk about that. But I invite you to think about your own relationship with your parents. And so many parents say to me, oh, my God, you know, my child is answering back. They're refusing to get dressed. Um, and they say, you know, I would I would never have dared talk back to my own parents like that. I would never have dared refuse to get dressed like that. Um, and, you know, what's going on there was that 
with with their own parents they were afraid they were afraid of the consequences there was um that there was that sense of control the power over there was this threat of punishment or perhaps even just the threat of losing your parents love and approval in the moment um is enough to scare children into doing what um what the parents want to so that's one way to get children to do what you want is like to double down on the control the power over um, and to force your children to do what you want them to do. Uh, and But that's not the only way. And probably if you're here, that's you don't feel comfortable with that way. You don't want to overpower your children and threaten them and punish them. And, you know, um, that, that leads to a whole other host of problems and often leads to more difficulty in the long run. And it certainly leads to difficulty in terms of your relationship with them. It erodes the trust in your relationship with them. Um, and they're not going to come to you when they most need you whenever you use power over them a lot. They're going to rebel against that at some point. They might have to withstand it as children, but they're going to rebel at some point. Um, but there is another way. There's another way to do this. And the other way, instead of using control, is through relationship, through connection and through trust. Because when you build a solid relationship based on trust, then cooperation does follow. And really that's how we bring out the best in each other. We are at our best as humans when we have mutual respect and trust and empathy towards each other. And we all want to help each other out when we have that shared understanding. And it's exactly the same in the parent-child relationship. Um, so, but even, you know, the most loving and trusting relationship with your child, and actually, in fact, especially when you have a really loving and trusting relationship with your child, your child will feel safe to speak up and they'll feel safe to actually refuse to get dressed if they don't want to. Um, and, you know, yeah, great, great. You're raising a child who is connected to themselves, connected to their needs and desires, is able to ask for what they want and say no to what they don't want. And, you know, those are qualities that we really want to, to keep and to nurture in our children it's going to really stand to them as adults if they can stay connected when something doesn't feel right they're going to say no I'm not doing that um and uh or you know that they actually feel connected to what they do desire and that what they do want so but that could that leads us in a bit of a in a bit of a pickle a bit of a, a hard place to be in if your child is refusing and you know the thing is that you have needs and you have desires too. Um, you know, you you need to get them to school on time so that you can earn a living to pay the bills. And that is a very valid need. And um, so we have to really find the balance between the two things, between what our children need and want and desire and what our own needs are um, as parents. Uh, and we need to make choices based on that. Uh, so but i think it's important that we get that balance of being aware of our own needs and what we what we need our children to do and then just being really aware acutely aware of our children that their needs are valid too you know we can um we can get taken over by these stories that you know our children are just being selfish and can't they see that how important this is that we need to get out the door and i've got an important work meeting or whatever it might be uh and yes that's really true but if we can actually start by really empathizing with our children and validating their needs, then whenever everybody starts to feel heard and seen and appreciated, then then uh, the cooperation often follows after that. Uh, so and the more we can really take our children's needs seriously and do our best to meet their needs, 
and sometimes we can't meet them sometimes it's just about acknowledging them and validating their needs and saying okay I get it I get that you need more rest and I get that you need um to stay at home today but that you know we can't I, I really get that but we can't do that today we need to get moving children whenever they have that felt sense of being understood then you know mornings do mornings will become much more easier and much more flow um and your children will feel more connected to you as well and this is the things that it's really important to remember that children communicate their needs through their behavior they are unable to say you know mom or dad I'm, I'm i'm feeling really tired i'm sleepy i've just woken up and i need to re-establish a strong sense of connection with you i need to feel close I need to feel like I matter in this family. I need to feel seen and heard. I need to feel like I belong. And, um, you know, I need to feel all these things before I, I can go ahead and get dressed. So could you just meet those needs for me, please? And then we can move on with our morning. No, they don't communicate like that, as we all know. <laughs> Children, but those are those are usually what the underlying needs are, some version of that anyway. They're, they're, they're very, um, these basic human needs that we all have. Um, but they communicate these needs through their behavior. So your job as a parent is to really to decode that behavior and, and to guess at what's going on underneath. And you can make very good guesses at that. Um, and the purpose of decoding our children's behavior is so that you can really put yourself in their shoes and empathize with them in a way that they can really feel it. So, you know, it's not just about acknowledging, you know, we can sort of go into this, come from our head and go, right, we need to validate our children's feelings. And, you know, I get that it's really hard for you right now, but you need to get dressed. And children are so tuned in to, um, you know, what true empathy is. They And if they don't feel seen and heard, then that message doesn't sink in. So the way to really deeply see and hear our children is to really deeply empathize with them and really um, put ourselves in their shoes to really understand what's going on for them. And then that, that we, we are able to communicate that really like um, really easily and really naturally through our body language and through what we say and our tone of voice whenever we actually feel it. Can't fake it, can't fake this. It has to come from our heart or else our children uh, see straight through us that we're just trying to uh, move them on to the next thing before and um, skip that actually really empathizing bit that our children need. Um, so I invite you to, the other thing is I invite you to really notice your child um, and the times that they are struggling. So are there times, if they really struggle getting ready in the morning, are there times when getting ready is no problem, when they're standing at the door ready to go? And, you know, maybe that's at the weekend when they're going to an activity they really love and that's absolutely no problem. They'll get dressed in like two minutes and they'll be standing there and they'll be like, come on, mom, hurry up, get get going. I'm ready to go. Or it could be if they're going to a party or a friend's house or a play date or something like that. Then there's no problem. They're super motivated. Uh, so I think that um, and then and then it's really helpful to notice the times when it's really hard for them to get ready. Maybe they struggle with school or, you know, even if they like school, maybe it's hard, you know, just keeping the pace, you know, five days a week, getting up, getting out. Maybe they like school, maybe two days a week. And then by the towards the end of the week, they're getting tired and fed up and they'd rather just hang out with you and have some time together. Um, and that's really valid. Um, it doesn't mean you have to, you know, it doesn't mean you have to pull your kids out of school. Um, but just 
putting yourself in their shoes and, and really thinking, you know, what's going on here for them? What is the struggle here? Um, and the more you can really uh, validate that and acknowledge that, then the easier it's going to, it's easier it's going to be. Um, when our children feel deeply understood and have their underlying needs acknowledged, then often they can move on. Okay. Um, so that's a really great starting point. And I hear what you're saying, right? That that is a big ask at you know half seven in the morning, and you're, I'm asking you to connect with your heart and connect with your child's heart and really have some deep empathy. Um, that can be really really hard in the morning. Uh, I get it, uh, but you know when you can come, even just shifting your mindset a little bit and coming from this angle of you know my child is doing their best right now they're not being difficult on purpose how can i understand what's going on for them that this that this is their best in this moment if this is their best how can i understand it um and that can really shift everything to be able to do that with your kids in the morning i think it really helps to clear out your own fears and anxieties your own story that's playing in your head about your child's behavior um, you know, my oh, they're so lazy, they're never going to amount to anything, they're going to grow up to be disrespectful and selfish and unkind. We can have all these stories running in our heads. We can also have a huge amount of baggage about being late. Uh, we have we're we can be so hung up on being late. Maybe we were punished for being late as a child. Um, maybe there was just a bit like a lot of big emphasis on not being late when we were um when you were growing up in your family of origin. So it can be really helpful to um, to dig into that and see like the more you can offload your own fears and anxieties, your own baggage around being late um, and not in the morning, not the first thing in the morning, but at other times in the week, if you can have an empathic listener and really be seen and heard in that and be able to discharge some of that emotional tension around it all, then mornings are going to be more smooth. You're going to come to a, you're going to come to it with more ease. Um, more understanding, more patience, for sure. That's going to be a, that's 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 a kind of a proactive thing you can do at a different time during the week. Get the emotional support for you. Get your needs met as well, any way that you can, and then you're going to have more capacity to actually be empathic towards your own children. Um. Okay. If you can try just spending some time. And trying to meet your children's needs in the morning can make a huge difference. Often we are really good at meeting our children's physical needs in the morning, you know, get them up, get them awake, get dressed, get fed, uh, get hustled out the door, get all their school books, whatever they need, whatever uh, bags or coats or clothing they need for the day ahead. We're really good at, at doing that and getting that all done. But what about their relational needs? Their relational needs are just as important and that can make all the difference between having a really stressful morning and having a morning with more flow and ease and, and cooperation and connection. So children have these really valid relational needs to be valued, to be seen, to be heard, to be understood. Uh, they need that strong sense of connection with you. And they need to feel that in order to feel loved, in order to feel safe, in order to keep their nervous system nice and calm and regulated. And whenever um, children have a nice, calm, regulated nervous system, they're able to think well and they're able to get ready without too much bother. So we really want to focus on meeting those relational needs so that their nervous system is signaling all is well here. 
um, it's safe to move on with our day. Uh, and I know that's that's a lot to ask of a parent in the morning when time is short and your own nervous system might be quite on high alert to trying to get out the door um, on time. But it can really make a difference just to set aside five minutes. You might need five minutes for yourself to connect yourself and to calm your own nervous system. Um, and then maybe five minutes to connect with your child in the morning. And that can make a huge difference. Um, and you can do both together. You can you can co-regulate with each other. You can have a cuddle in bed and, uh, you know, body contact, having a full body cuddle for a few minutes is really calming for both of your nervous systems. You can just smile when you first see them in the morning and show your delight for them. That can make a huge difference. Give them a hug pick them up and swing them around or bring in a little bit of a playfulness, like a little bit of a game of chase or a little bit of a roll around on the bed, a bit of a wrestle just for a couple of minutes whenever you first see them in the morning, just sending them that message that they are important to you. You're so happy to see them. You're here to help them. You're on their side and that will really help them to feel super connected to you. And then that's when the cooperation can follow. Um, if that's not quite enough, for some kids, that'll make all the difference. Just connecting for five minutes can change your, I've heard stories um, of parents I've worked with. It's just, that's just changed their whole morning, just connecting for five minutes. Um, for the more strong-willed children, the more determined children, that isn't enough and you need another level. Okay. So, but that's a great starting point if you can offer that. Um, the next level I would bring in, if mornings are still a struggle, is to bring in more play. And I want to share with you uh, two of my favorite getting dressed games that we play in this house and we've played for many years, not every day, but you know, when I feel resourced enough and when the children need that like little extra boost of connection. And the great thing about play and playing games around getting dressed is that it brings in so much connection, both to you and to your child. You both feel super connected and you're left with this. It feels really hard to get started, but by the end of it, you feel all warm and fuzzy inside. And then I always think, you know, if I'm feeling warm and fuzzy inside, my child is definitely feeling that as well. And then, you know, there's that sense of closeness, that that sense of shared reality that sense of fun together and you know that, that that carries them into the rest of their day as well especially if they're going to be separated from you so um it's such a lovely thing to do if you can reach for it and only if you can reach for it it's a big ask in the morning i get it but two little games that might inspire you to try sometime one of them is called uh getting dressed tip and so you, you, I'm sure you're familiar with the game. You have different people have different names for it. We call it tip, but like chase, where you chase the person and you catch them and then they're it. So what we do with getting dressed tip is, um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll name it. I'll say, let's be getting dressed tip. And we'll start with the normal game of tip where we'll chase each other up and down between the bedrooms and trying to, and, and what's really important in these games is that you're the less powerful one. You're the less powerful one and you're noticing what makes your child laugh and giggle and then do more of that without tickling them. So um, you play a regular game of tip, just trying to chase them. You keep missing and oh, you're so fast and all of that. And then you introduce the getting dressed part. So you said, right, this is, I just can't catch you. I'm gonna to have to use some clothes to help me. So I'm gonna use your clothes. I'm gonna get your vest. And whenever I catch you with my, when I hit you with the vest, when I'm gonna throw it and when I hit you with it, you have to put it on, okay? Um, 
and then the, the important thing is to mess up a little bit at the, first, at the start that you can't catch them and you keep missing and you're really mad about that um children really enjoy that after and i'm talking is the whole thing can only take like you know five minutes ten minutes maybe at the beginning whenever um you need to build that sense of trust and fun again with your children uh but you often spend 10 minutes arguing with your child anyway about getting dressed so it, it actually this these games actually save time so take a few minutes just to connect to to be the less powerful one to get it wrong and then whenever you can feel that strong sense of connection going you hit them with the pair of socks or with the best or whatever it might be and then you're like oh here we go you gotta get it on and and you know bring lots of energy to it and let me help you and and what are we going to do next? Are we going to throw the socks next? We're we going to throw the shoes next. We're we going to throw the jumper next, whatever it might be. Um, and you can continue like that. And children love this game so much. And when you start playing it, they're going to want to play it every day. But it works. And if you have the if you can find the motivation to, to do it, even if it's only once a week or um, even if it's just a one time, one occasion, your children will remember it and they'll love it and your morning will go more smoothly. So that's the first one is getting dressed tip. The second one we call the great getting dressed race. And what we do is we all congregate in my bedroom and um, I say to the kids, let's have the great getting dressed race. And like I, I announce it because it's become a bit of a routine or a bit of a tradition in our, and everybody knows and that gets the excitement going. So and you can call it whatever you want and you'll develop your own traditions around it. So I will say, OK, the great getting, getting dressed race. And this works for getting dressed, undressed in the evenings as well into, into pajamas. Um, so I'll say, okay, when I count to three, we all have to find our pants and, you know, I'll count to three and they'll run off. The two kids will run off and find their pants and come back in and then they'll get their pants on. And I, I'd often join in and get dressed at the same time. It can be really helpful, um, especially when time is short and, you know, I'll be the slowest one and I'll be the one that's, you know, falling over while putting my pants on and making a big show of it or getting really upset that they beat me and like oh goodness I've lost again these two are so fast um and then I go through you know let's do socks ne next let's do vest let's do trousers let's do t-shirt um and sometimes I'll run around with them and bump into them and try and slow them down and and have a roll around on the floor you can bring as much energy or you can stay in your room and it, this is really helpful because you can actually be getting dressed at the same time and the kids are having fun and by the end of it and this only takes like about three minutes and by the end of it everybody is dressed and ready to go and everyone's feeling great inside so those are two ideas for you getting dressed tip and the great getting dressed race so let me know if you try them. Let me know. Get in touch. Let me know if they worked for you, if your if your children loved those games. There's lots of other variations on those as well. Once you get in the groove of it, you can think of other things to play with them. And look, you do need to feel quite resourced to play these games, but it really works and the results speak for themselves. And sometimes if you can give yourself that little bit of a loving shove into actually playing the game and getting started with it, then it really, really pays off. Um, so. So that's it. That's my um, that's my guide for making mornings go a little bit more smoothly in terms of getting dressed. And just to summarize, you know, I think what really helps is putting yourself in your child's shoes and cultivating some real genuine empathy for what's going on for them and then communicating that. And uh, so they feel really seen and heard 
um, that you get it. I get it. I get this is hard. Um, then if you can focus on connection and then bring in a little bit of playfulness if you can in any way that you can through games or through just being silly together or any way you can bring in some playfulness. That's children's language. That's how they that's how they learn and grow and communicate and how they cooperate. Um, if you collaborate and make it fun, it's going to go so much more easily. And finally, most of all, be so kind to yourself. Uh, if you can't manage any of that, I hear you. I get it. I have been there. You are still a good parent. If you can't reach for connection, if you can't reach for playfulness in the morning, you are still a good parent. You are parenting with nowhere near enough support, nowhere near enough community. Um, and you know, there's a, you are doing your best and there's only so much that you can do. Maybe next week or next month, you'll have a little bit more capacity and you might be able to connect a little bit more. And sell, when that does happen, I invite you to really celebrate that. Um, and sometimes for those times that you, you know, you just have to hustle the kids out the door as best you can. Sometimes you lose your temper. You are still a good parent. Okay. If you would like my support, if you want to uh, work with me and get my support every week to make these ideas a reality in your home, to give you that motivation and that emotional support you need to actually uh, be able to do these things first thing in the morning and bring about lasting change that's not just a one-off, then the doors are open to my wonderful Peaceful Parent School. Just for a few more days, you can you can join me. So there is a link in the uh, show notes or wherever you're listening to this. Uh, you can check out what you get inside the Peaceful Parent School and how it can bring so much more ease and joy and fun and connection into your parenting based on this idea of relationship and connection rather than trying to control our children. Not many of us have a good blueprint for this. We have to learn it. We have to learn the skills, but you can learn it. You can learn how to parent in this way and bring more flow and ease and connection into your everyday parenting. So if you're tempted, come and join me. I'd love to have you there. Thank you all so much. I will talk to you again next week. Would you like to get your kids listening so you don't have to shout and instead you can start enjoying being a parent? Then pop along to my website, pamtheparentcoach.com or follow the link in the show notes to get signed up to my next virtual masterclass. See you next time.